how many first-round draft picks at linebacker do you think the Ohio State Buckeyes will have in the 2024 NFL Draft? Eichenberg and Chambers are two guys that are in that conversation, but I'm not sure if they'll be first-round picks. We'll get an answer today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, August 8th in the year 2023. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, my favorite NFL draft analyst is back. He is a draft analyst for Rising Draft Scouting, and he covers recruiting for Notre Dame at irishbreakdown.com. It's my guy, Ryan Roberts. Ryan, the season's almost here. I'm excited to watch football, college football, in a couple weeks. Yeah, man, it's really close. I mean, Notre Dame has a week zero game this year, so we're like 20-something days away, which is absolutely insane, man. I felt like the beginning of the summer was like, dragging so much and then we finally hit the like month and a half mark and things are starting to fly by because now i'm kind of like need to get a lot of work done before the season starts but we're here man and it's close and preseason games and hall of fame inductions of the nfl side college football coming back soon it's it's super exciting man absolutely it is exciting those week zero games are always interesting to me because i'm always trying to figure out like Okay, who's playing? I know somebody's playing on the other side of the pond in a different country. Where are they playing? Why are they playing over there? Is there a series with this? Notre Dame's being one of those schools. I think you said they're playing in Ireland. Is that correct? Dublin. Yep. Dublin. Dublin. Yep. Okay. Who are they playing? They're playing Navy. So they got. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna hopefully start the year off on a good note there. Out 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 uh out over the pond. To your point. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Ryan, one of the topics that just hit us once again. It's yep. conference realignment. I get tired of it. I personally wish the realignment would stop and that the TV money was not dictating all of the moves, not just TV money, but also I've been on the record saying anytime you change, you change the playoff or how you're going to figure out how, how you're going to find the national champion, there's going to be a realignment. You're going to get a lot of movement around the country. That really makes sense to me, especially with the current state of it right now. Notre Dame is one of those schools that, Ohio State fans are looking forward to playing once again. Ohio State fans are thinking that they're going to get a win um, against the over the Irish in September. But also, I think Ohio State fans would be very interested to find out or curious to see if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten because that instantly becomes a contender for the Buckeyes to win the Big Ten Conference if the two were in the same conference. Do you think Notre Dame should join the Big Ten Conference? It's such a tough question. It really is. Because this conference realignment stuff, Jay, I know that people, everybody wants answers immediately in this space right now because they look at it and and the assumption was early, Big Ten, SEC, the two best conferences in in major college football, they're going to be the superpowers and everybody else is going to fade. Obviously, we're seeing the Pac-12, which had stood since 1916 is now dead in the water. They're going to have four teams going into the 2024 season. So, I mean, that conference is dead at this point. But the Big 12 has kind of tried to answer 
and stay alive, obviously, getting a couple of the packed schools to come down and, and play. And then a couple, they got a couple of the, the I don't call them mid-majors, but group of five schools like Houston and UCF and those types to come and join the Big 12 to this season as well. So I think that there's a lot that needs to get figured out. I think it's a volatile landscape right now. I'm shocked that we're talking about this so quickly. I thought yeah. this was going to be a thing over the next few years that was going to yeah. try to figure itself out. I did not think that it was going to be a two-week process of full realignment for the 2024 season. Like, it's just crazy how quickly things have gone. As far as Notre Dame is concerned, I think the two major players that people are going to link to them a lot is the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, for obvious reasons, right? Because they're the two major conferences, and Notre Dame is a big brand. The ACC is an interesting one because the ACC is kind of losing a little bit of momentum, but Notre Dame also has partnerships with ACC Mm -hmm. schools in every other sport outside of football, which obviously they still have their independence. I'm in the boat here. There's a lot of push against Big Ten because Notre Dame makes sense regionally to be in the Big Ten, right? Like they're a Midwestern school. But one thing that I think is a big negative for Notre Dame and why they wouldn't want to maybe necessarily make this jump anytime soon is because – Notre Dame is such a unique place that I think their biggest sell from a national recruiting perspective is that, yes, they are regionally in the Midwest, but they're not a regional school, mm, right? Like they don't just come from the Midwest all the time. They have recruits in just in the 2024 class from Texas and California and Georgia, and they kind of pull from a lot of Florida. They have players from all over the country, and that's the big sell. They get to play a national schedule. They get to travel to California down into SEC country occasionally and and make those types of trips that I think is a big sell to recruits to want to come and not just play Michigan, Ohio State, and that type of thing on a week-to-week basis. Personally, because funny story is that Notre Dame has tried to join the Big Ten in the past multiple times. And yes, Michigan has blocked them multiple yeah. times before, right? So, like, Notre Dame's been open to the conversation. But at this point, and this is just my opinion, I don't have any inside sourcing on this, I think Notre Dame is just going to let this play out as long as possible and maintain its independence because if Notre Dame is eventually in a position where they have to join a conference, which might happen in the future, it might happen eventually. Why would you rush this decision now? You make yourself so much more valuable by Mm -hmm. letting this all play out because the market is going to get higher naturally every single year. We've seen that. I mean, from the, free agency of college of college football now to the free agency of the NFL to just how general you know markets work Notre Dame is going to become more valuable the longer that they are independent and whether it's the SEC versus the Big Ten ultimately both those conferences are going to want Notre Dame they're going to want them because I know people like to throw shade and I'm sure there's probably some listeners that will throw shade as well as far as like Notre Dame not being relevant and like okay guys I get it from a national championship perspective but Notre Dame is still a very relevant brand, very relevant. And the Big Ten will want them. The SEC will want them. So the longer you let this play out and maintain independence, I think that actually makes yourself more valuable. So I think that Notre Dame plays, lets it play out, see how, how the landscape finishes out. And if there is a position where eventually they have to join a conference or kind of forced to, you're going to be more valuable down the road than you are today. So I don't think that Notre Dame needs to rush this process right now and rush this decision. Ryan is out here talking about Michigan blocking Notre Dame for joining the Big Ten Conference. And I was – that was something I forgot about. And then it's like, oh, okay, so they don't play Michigan every year. And then Michigan's being um, petty and not allowing them to, to join the conference. And actually, I think I've heard that Michigan's done that to a couple schools um, before they, they like, try they to block them from joining the conference. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? Why are you so petty? 
But I do think, though, from the Ohio State-Notre Dame perspective, Ryan, some Ohio State fans will say, we don't want to play Notre Dame every year. Even though they, they say from a national perspective, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, they're not really in the title race every year. The Buckeyes are going to have to play Michigan. Probably going to have to play USC or UCLA every one of the two every year. Probably going to have to play Oregon and Washington one of the two every year. Do the Buckeye fans, do the Buckeyes really want to add Notre Dame once every three years, once every other year? Maybe it's a rivalry, a local rivalry, because South Bend and Columbus are not that far away. Maybe. Yeah. But to me, I think you would drastically improve the Big Ten in every sport. However, you mentioned that, like simply recruiting for football and really any – well, not the other sports, but really for football in general – it would hurt them. Like, it would diminish yeah. Notre Dame's schedule and the recruiting. I think oh, from, a, from a Big Ten point of view, Ryan, it would drastically improve the level of play in the conference. It, I mean, it would. It would. I mean, I think that, again, it, it's about the national perception, and it's also about the play on the field, right? Yeah. Like, I think that Notre Dame is getting in. I think Notre Dame is going to be in a good place moving forward. I am yeah. a believer in Marcus Freeman. I think that he's bringing in a lot of talent. I believe that – Notre Dame is on its way from hopefully transforming from a, a consistently good football team to hopefully contending right again and being that type of team. I think that they can eventually get there. So from a just playing perspective, I think adding another talented team is a very good thing for sure, right? But I also think, again, at the end of the day, it, and I'm sorry if you hear my daughter screaming in the background because that's what dad life is right now, which is just absolutely <laughs> crazy. But the, the perception, I think, is another big thing, Jay. It is. Like, you're not adding – I'm not even going to use another team's name because I think it's a little disrespectful. But you're yeah. not adding a low-market team where it's just like they might be a good football team, but, like, maybe they don't bring a bunch of, you know, money or notoriety to the table. Notre Dame brings that, right? Like, Notre Dame brings that. Even if Notre Dame – and I, mean, I think back to, like, 20, 2016 when Notre Dame went 4-8 and eight and they were absolutely terrible, right? Like, even then, after that season, it's still like, but they're still Notre Dame, right? Like, they're a bad football team right now, but they still have that national brand. They still have the markets. They still have their TV deal. They still have all the things that they bring to the table. So I think it strengthens the Big Ten or SEC or ACC, whatever whatever it ends up being, if it if it does happen eventually. I think it strengthens it from every angle, man. A, a conference is going to make more money, and a conference is going to get a good football team that joins the fold. So you're adding talent, and you're adding a – brands which i think is a big thing for conferences obviously because they want to make money at the ends and this is all about money and they would make them more money absolutely it's time to discuss with ryan what we brought ryan on here to talk about that is summer scouting the 2024 nfl draft steel chambers and tommy eichenberger are really talented are they first round good though we'll find out what ryan has to say about tommy eichenberg next on locked on buck guys this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is free, quick, and easy to create a job post at LinkedIn Jobs. Once you create your job post, Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience 
so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The last time we had Ryan on over the last couple of times, Ryan started discussing Talented Ohio State guys on the defensive line. Tui Malowal, Michael Hall Jr., Tyleek Williams. He wants to see more from Jack Sawyer before being um, all in on him as a defensive end at the next level. Tommy Eikenberg has been a guy that has been on the field and done a lot of great things for the Buckeyes numerically. um, Over 100 tackles a year ago, two and a half sacks in 2022 uh, tackles for loss is, uh, excuse me, 12 tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, 120 tackles. My numbers, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, those are some nice numbers there. And so uh, num- numerically, you hear those stats, 120 in the tackles, 12 tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. You're like, oh, he's a really good linebacker. He'd be great in the NFL. Something tells me that's not what Ryan's going to say about Tommy Eckerberg. Ryan, the floor is yours. Man, Tommy is one of the he he was a frustrating watch for me, Jay, because I I think for people that don't know, like I was a linebacker and I am a big stickler for the fundamentals of playing the linebacker position. And some of those fundamentals are eye discipline, the ability to play with a really strong trigger and be able to trust your eyes kind of getting downhill and then working at the point of attack and getting off of blocks and being able to stack and and to get to the football. I mean, those things are really important to me. And Tommy Eichenberg does all those things really well, Jay. Like if, if, if the game was just played between tackle to tackle, I love Tommy Eichenberg, man. He's a six, two and and a quarter, 237 pounds. He kind of has that throwback style to him. He is a traditional Mike linebacker. What we think of it historically on the NFL level. And he understands how to take on blocks. He understands what an offense is trying to do to him. He understands how to manipulate and and understands how to slip blocks. Like he does things really well. And I think that the 12 tackle for loss number, it's a really good number for his play style, man. Like, cause he's not the steel chambers block slipper of the world, right? Where it's just like that kid's a really good athlete. So it makes sense that he can get downhill and make a big play. Tommy Eichenberg works off of his IQ and his toughness. And those things work so exceptionally well in the game. So I think that he brings a nice baseline to the table. I do believe that Tommy Eichenberg is going to play on the NFL level. And I think that there's a world where maybe he's a Blake Martinez-ish type of linebacker, where it's like solid to good linebacker in the NFL. But there are limitations to Tommy Eichenberg that I think we can't ignore. I mean, outside of the size, which is good, we have a we have an estimated 485 40 yard dash, Ooh. which is not a good time for an inside Ooh, linebacker. No, I think not at all. I think it'll probably be more close to the four seven five range, but even that's very that's pedestrian in today's world, right? Like it's it's not a good number, Jay. So I think that for me, there's just it's a lot of limitations there. I don't think he's ever going to be a sideline to sideline or a slot to slot type of player. I just don't think he's going to be able to play in pursuit well enough because I don't, just don't think he has that second gear as an athlete. And I also don't think he'll ever be a, a plus member in the in the passing game. Like I don't think that he'll be able to play man to man for sure. I, I think that. As a zone dropper, I think he'll be sufficient enough to not kill you at times, but I don't think he'll ever be plus where it's like, you know, close down a window quick enough to be able to 
get a lot of pass breakups or maybe an occasional interception. Like I just don't see him being plus in either one of those facets. And as a blitzer, I also don't think that he's going to be tremendous either because I just don't think he has incredible closing bursts. I just don't. So I I ended up giving him a fifth-round grade, which I think is still a good grade. I, I really do. The NFL, actually, some people in the NFL like Tommy a lot, uh, higher than I am on him. Some have third-round grades on him, which you know we're talking about day two, obviously, in that instance. I'm talking about more early to mid-ish day three. Like, that's more what I see with Tommy Eichenberg. So again, I just think that, there is a world where Tommy's a solid to good starting linebacker in the NFL. But similar to Blake Martinez, I think that a lot of teams are going to say, you know, he's not bad, but don't we want to upgrade that position? Don't we mm-hmm. want to get a little more playmaking potential mm-hmm. out of position? Don't want we don't, don't we want to strive for better in certain instances? And I think that that's what Tommy Eckenberg is. And I respect Tommy a lot because he's a kid that, Notre Dame fans know really well, right? Because Liam Eikenberg, his older brother, was a really good starting left tackle for Notre Dame. Ended up going in the second round to the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago. Was a really good player in 2020 especially. Tommy has turned himself into a tremendous linebacker on the college level. And I think Jim Knowles and that staff owes a lot of credit to them. Because think about our talk last year, Jay, about like the linebackers. It was like, man, like Steel Chambers – Switching over from linebacker from running back kind of saved them because they were a really bad linebacking group the year before. Tommy has turned himself into a preseason All-American and one of the best linebackers in college football. I just struggle because I see limitations translating to the next level. I think he has potential to be a solid to good player, definitely a backup type of player, but I just think that there are some limitations that NFL teams are going to be a little bit worried about with Tommy. The limitations there that we see they're not limitations that you mentioned his IQ. I think his instincts and not just like the IQ itself, but how that stuff is uh, translating on the football field. Yep. They're insane. Like for a guy who is limited athletically, the only word I can use to describe his instincts are insane because he is so quick to know, even sometimes pre-step you can tell he knows where the ball's going to go, knows where the play is going to go. And he can kind of move guys around and say, Hey, that way or he's going to your right like or you or the guy or the guard is going to do this here's how you combat it like he's so good with just the instincts and the iq dude it's just that athleticism it's just the quickness it's the way that the game is played if this is 1980 yeah. 1995 Eichenberg is starting middle linebacker in the national football league he probably would be closer to 250 pounds as well but he is the starting middle linebacker of the National Football League and probably starting for five to ten years based on the play that the National Football League has at that point in time. The game's too wide open, too yeah. fast, too quick, uh, too many three wide receiver sets. It, it just doesn't seem like it's a great spot for Eichenberg. However, linebacker and special teams, I that speed thing could it, it could get in the way, but yeah. it could yeah. – uh, I'm trying to be really nice here, Ryan – as I say specials, I realize that might not be a spot for him because he might just be too slow. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about coverage unit, and obviously you're talking about kick, you're talking about kick coverage, you're talking about punt coverage, you yeah. want speed and yeah. length. I think that Tommy does have actually solid length for his size. I mean, he's 6'2 and a, and a quarter. So, I mean, he's a pretty tall kid. I think his arms are I don't have an official arm length on him, but like when I was watching his film, I thought his length was sufficient. Like it didn't look like, like a negative to me in that regard. So I think that'll have that. I just, if, we're ta- if he is a legitimate four, eight to four, eight, five type of kid, there's just going to be some guys that are just going to be kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's quite fast enough to be able to be that quick coverage unit, but 
There's also other parts of special teams, right? It's, it's the it's the punts where maybe he's a personal protector, maybe he's blocking occasionally, maybe he's you know one of the one of the they don't even I was gonna say one of the wedge busters, but they don't even have wedges <laughs> anymore. So like we no, can't they outlawed that, that a while ago. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's possible that he has some special teams value. But for me, Jay, like I think that his biggest value is going to be about the communication aspects of yeah. it, right? The, about the play on the field defensively. I think that he does bring a nice baseline to the table. Like I said before, I, I don't think that Tommy Eichenberg is such a deficient athlete that he's going to have a tough time sticking in the NFL. I would be surprised if Tommy Eichenberg wasn't an NFL player for six to seven years, at least as a main backup, potentially as a spot starter, or maybe a low end starter. Like I think that he has that type of upside. Again, I just think as the game evolves and becomes more and more wide open to your points, because I agree hundred percent, it is going to make guys like him extinct. And you know, I'm not trying to call him a dinosaur because he's, what, 22 years old probably? Yeah, but yeah. his style is becoming a little bit archaic in its sense. And it's just a, it's a natural evolution of the game. You know, if, if I was if I was 6'2 and 237 pounds when I was coming out of high school and I ended up being something similar to Tommy, I also would be extinct at this point. Because it's just like, <laughs> dude, like you can't play. You, your style does not work anymore. It just doesn't work. So unfortunately it's just kind of the changing of the time hopefully it's cyclical but at this point it's just how, kind of how the game's going we got to hear what ryan had to say about tommy eichenberger there was not a first round grade there i think the conversation is going to get more positive when we hear about steel chambers and what he brings to the table and how it might translate to the national football league we get to hear that next on locked on buckeyes this episode is brought to you by Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more. And the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top-of-the-line grill that will last for generations. We all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for someone you love, check out Billiards Plus. They have exactly what you are looking for billiards plus carries the best pool tables from brunswick all canada billiards and more plus top of the line grills from pk napoleon memphis and the griddle that will be the last grill you own seriously these grills stay in the test of time no matter the season billiards plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs visit their showroom on dublin center drive in dublin check them out at billiards dash plus com Billiards Plus, family-owned and operated for generations. Ryan Still Chambers is one of those guys that when he moved from running back to linebacker, as you mentioned earlier, I was kind of excited because he got a chance to get on the field, but also I was kind of bummed because I saw a spot for Still Chambers as an Ohio State linebacker. Once he was healthy over a couple seasons, I thought we would see a really good, maybe not elite running back, at, um, in college, but a really good, solid guy, a guy that could run and have a 1,000 to 1,200 rushing yards in a season in back-to-back years. I think he would have been that kind of solid guy. I do think, though, with him going to linebacker, that was the best move for him to have a potential long career in the National Football League. When you watch the film on Steel Chambers, what do you see? I mean, I see there's a lot of things to like about Steel. I mean, so just kind of some background on him. You mentioned obviously the transition for running back. I think a lot of those traits really pop on film. He weighed, I wish he was a little bit bigger. I yeah. do, but he weighed in at six foot and seven eighths. So right around six foot one and 222 pounds. 
in the preseason in the spring. So hopefully he's whoa, more. Whoa, in the whoa, 20, whoa. You say 222? 222 in the spring. I'm hoping he's more in the 228 to 230 range, somewhere okay. in that ballpark. But on yeah, the website, Ohio spring. State's official website, Ryan, it didn't yeah. mean to cut you off there. No, you're but fine. I like, to, I like to use this as a reference point. It's interesting how things go from the summer or the spring to the website. They got him listed at 6'1-232. So either he was oh, super light or this is false. I don't know, but we know how or, rosters go. There might be a typo on the blessed sheet. Could I mean, be that's, Could that's be. always possible. But hopefully, if he was two, if he is two twenty two this offseason, hopefully he is more in the two thirty ish range, somewhere in that ballpark. Which is just so funny, blessed OJ. Jay, there's a um. Sorry, my mind goes in a million different ways. There's an FCS safety in the twenty twenty four draft that is listed on his site at six foot three, and he is like five eleven and seven eight. It's like it's like the old. Reminds you of the old Allen Iverson in basketball. Like, everybody knew he was 5'10". Ain't no way he's 6'1 in the roster. Like, he's a short guy, but that's what yeah. he reminds me of quickly. Oh, man, yeah. It's it's hysterical. Just Guys, we're going to get the official measurement eventually. <laughs> like, you might as well just be honest about exactly. it. It's just really sad. It's just really weird. But so he's a little bit of a lighter build linebacker, but I actually think that his – his frame is developing really well, in yes. my opinion. I think that he looks very filled out comparative to what he was early on in his career when he was a true running back. Because he was a real people forget, man, that kid was a four-star running back. Like he was a really good running yes. back coming out of high school. Notre Dame likes Steel Chambers a lot at running back. Like they liked him a whole lot. So NFL, at least from Blesto, they had him with a fifth round grade to begin the process. I gave him a little bit higher grade. I gave him a late three, early fourth round grade. So I actually gave him a higher grade than what Tommy Eichenberg has because it's similar to what Tommy just, we were talking about, Jay. He fits the style a whole lot more in today's game because I really think that he is a really good mover, man. Like changes direction well, has really nice sideline to sideline speed. I think he's going to be around four, five, six to four, six flat in the 40, somewhere in that ballpark. I think he's going to run really well and he's going to have that really muscular frame. And I think his length for that, despite him only being right around six foot one, I just think his length is pretty good. I think he's got a little bit of length to his arms, which is great. And I think that he's still learning the nuance. If you watch his 2021 film compared to 2022, I think he took a massive step forward and being able to just be consistently in the right spots. Like you saw the athleticism in 2021, but I think the athleticism was in the right spot a whole lot more in 2022. I think he can play in space a whole lot more. I think he had played side on the sideline. I think he has really nice, you know, speed. And I I think that he's actually pretty physical getting downhill as well. I, I don't think that he'll ever be, Mike linebacker at the next level. I think he's a will projection because I just don't know if he'll ever be a guy that works at the point of attack incredibly well, just because he's a little bit smaller build, but man, he gets downhill with a ton of athleticism, a ton of explosiveness, and he can work sideline to sideline. That's my type of linebacker. And I think that he could be another kid. Also forget about special teams for a second. Cause I think he'll be really good in that area as well, but he could be that potential dime linebacker at the next level where it's like, in obvious past situations, you play him right in the middle of the field, let him play, you know, just read and react and be able to spy and be able to work in space. And so I think he brings a lot of value to the position in today's game because it's become obviously much more of a space and wide open game today. One of the best things to think about a guy when it comes to him transitioning to a new position, how often is he on the field? Now, I'm not saying like, does he start right now with this part of it? Does he start or does he is he a backup? Does he play every game? And in 2021, his first transition, first year being a full-time linebacker, played in 12 of 13 games, Ryan. That's pretty good for a guy, especially when the, that year that you you watched the film. The, 
defense was bad. Like, it was atrocious. And so they were trying different things back in and out and in and out. But playing 12 or 13 games in 2021, that was huge for him. Had uh, 47 tackles, five tackles for loss, and one sack. Not bad. One interception. Not bad for your first year being a linebacker. Last year, played in every game, 77 tackles, six and a half TFLs, two sacks, two picks, two pass breakups, one fumble recovery. Um, He also scored a touchdown. I believe that touchdown came in the game against Maryland in the fourth quarter where the Buckeyes defense had to do something for the Buckeyes to win that game. So with all that in mind, not even numerically, Ryan, as far as stats and statistics, but also, but more so like him playing a lot. Yeah. We talk about guys and we talk about him, what was it, I think a week ago, or Jack Sawyer was a guy that we were like, maybe he comes out, but it may be good for him to stay in school one more year to get another year of college under his belt. Chambers isn't a guy that can really stay, but him staying as long as he has and being consistently on the football field at linebacker is something that NFL execs and coaches are going to say, okay, we saw the transition. You stayed on the field a lot in those first two years. That third year at full-time linebacker, you stayed on the field, you're consistent, and you were a leader. That consistency and the um, year-in, year-out being able to have more film on him may help Steel Chambers maybe not be a first-round pick, but maybe a late second round pick that might be what, where he falls at the high end in next year's draft. Yeah. I, I think that he has a good opportunity to go day two eventually, because I think the big thing, Jay, to your point is that there's still a level that he can reach as a football player, maybe be just a little bit more proactive, a little bit better between the tackles. And if he does, I imagine he's going to test phenomenally well at the combine. Like I would be surprised if he doesn't run and jump and, and just do the things that you're, really want a modern-day linebacker to do. So I think he has the potential to be somewhere on day two. There's no doubt about that. I think for me, like, he's going to be a three – he's going to end up being a three-year starting linebacker at Ohio State after this season. If he returns in 2024, something that probably didn't go well, right? Like, this, it feels like to me that this is the season for him to really go out on. I really think that that is the maturation that's going to happen. I think that that's the trajectory that's going to happen. Because he went from 40-something tackles to 77 and you know, just one season, Jay. Like, if he takes another step up, it's a 90-plus tackle for loss guy. He's probably a 10-plus tackle for loss guy, and he's going to have some passing game production as well. So I think that he has everything you need to project as a starting linebacker in the NFL. It's just about, and again, he's still new to the position. Tommy, because I, I know Steel Chambers played some defense in high school, so it's not like he's never played defense before. But Tommy Eichenberg's been a starting middle linebacker probably since he was like eight years old. You know what I mean? Like he's just been playing that spot, and it's just been something that's been very familiar to him. Steel Chambers is still maturing as a football player. He's not there yet. Another year with Jim Knowles, another year in the system. I expect Ohio State's defense, they took a big step forward from 2021 to 2022. I expect them to take another big step forward in 2023. I expect them to be a very good defense this year. And I think a big part of that is if Steel Chambers hits his upside. Because if Tommy Eichenberg hits his upside, he's kind of what he was last year, right? It's like he's just a good player. He's a really good player. He's going to have production. But if Steel Chambers hits his upside, then he's forcing interceptions. He's forcing fumbles. He's creating big plays in the backfield. His tackle for loss numbers are going to go up. He's the playmaker on the second level, I believe, for Ohio State in 2023. And I think that's going to be very valuable to the NFL. Very valuable. 
I'm with you, Ryan. If you could, Ryan, let everyone know we are up out of time. Where they can follow you on social media. There's so many changing apps. I don't know which ones to name. So follow. Let everyone know where they can follow you on the socials. And then also, um, if they want to get a little insight on Notre Dame before the big matchup in the season, where can they find that as well? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on X, I guess, or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, at Rise and Draft, that's where I spend most of my time. I'm also on Instagram and threads, sort of, at R&D Scouting, if you guys want to go there as well. Riseanddraft.com for all your NFL draft needs or databases up and running. And uh, we have the the uh, mock draft database and everything that's on there as well. So if you guys want to just toy around with that in the preseason. And then also irishbreakdown.com. If you can, if you want to listen into any Notre Dame just conversation and where the team's kind of heading going into the season. Cause we're in full kind of off season mode and getting ready for the first game. And then obviously Ohio state has a big game against Notre game this year in South Bend. So if you want some insight into the team early on, make sure you go to go to irishbreakdown.com. And thank you as always, Jay. I appreciate you brother. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 or X. I keep saying Twitter. It's, it's like muscle memory. I might have to, rephrase that I know, man. You, got the, you got the bird at the bottom still man you need to get the x on there apparently um uh, let me just send a couple of texts real quick to the people in charge here and you yeah. guys can send the email to in all your emails jstevens317 at gmail.com we'll be back tomorrow thursday and friday breaking down ohio state fall camp i believe the boys are reporting to the hotel room and you know what that just means more football the pads will be on they'll be thumping they'll be hitting and I can't wait to hear and find out who the starting quarterback will be for your Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm a cord guy. Some of you might be a Devin Brown. We'll find out soon, hopefully soon, who QB1 will be for the Buckeyes, maybe in the next week or two. This has been Lockland Buckeyes here on a Tuesday. I'll see you next time.